what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Foot Candle Films. Film news and reviews from two guys who really like movies. This episode is brought to you by the Foot Candle Film Society. For a schedule of upcoming screenings and membership information, visit the Society's website at www.footcandle.org. Hello and welcome to Foot Candle Spotlight. This is where we just do a quick review of one film. This is to kind of whet your appetite in between our major monthly shows where we have a lot more uh, things to do during the main show. But you know, sometimes we just, we see a movie, it's a new film, we want to talk about it, whether one or both of us have seen the film. Today's example is The Dark Knight Rises. You are as precious to me as you were to your own mother and father. I swore to them that I would protect you, and I haven't. The mayor's gonna dump him in the spring. Really? Mm-hmm. But he's a hero, a war hero. This is peacetime. You think this can last? There's a storm coming, Mr. Wayne. So, Chris, The Dark Knight Rises. I know you and I both heavily anticipating this film. Yes. Because I do believe we saw Batman Begins together many years ago mm-hmm. when it first started off the Christopher Nolan directed Batman trilogy. Uh, I think we might have even seen The Dark Knight together. Um, yeah, maybe. Both so. big fans of both films. Mm-hmm. I've been uh, self admittedly a huge fan of Batman Begins, a pretty good fan of Dark Knight, but I really think uh, this whole trilogy so far, up until this film, has just been stellar. So I was very excited about this third entry. Christopher Nolan, a very acclaimed director who recently made Inception, mm-hmm. uh, also a very good film. This guy's almost hitting 100% in my, my book as far as films he's made so far. This is the third film in his Batman series. He has gone on record saying it is his final one. Has Christian Bale said the same thing? I believe everybody's yeah. pretty much said they're closed out on this third one here. So in this third third installment, we have uh, we visit Bruce Wayne, who is on a eight year self imposed exile mm-hmm. after the events of the Dark Knight. He has not been Batman for eight years. He's living like a hermit in his manner, and all of a sudden, a new evil invades Gotham City that causes him to get back into the swing of things. And that's all I'm going to really say. Okay, let's review this film, and I'm, I'm going to start this off by just giving you three phrases. Okay, okay. So three phrases. Listen carefully. Okay. Utter disappointment. Sheer frustration, complete letdown. Hmm. Do any of these three phrases meet your experience with The Dark Knight Rises? No. Really? No. Okay. Please tell me what you thought of this film. Then. Um, well, I, uh, yeah, I, I was uh, very impressed. You know, it, I actually, unlike most people, the second movie with Heath Ledger, I liked but something about it was just kind of off for me. I was the same way. Um, so going into this movie, I kind of wondered, and I don't know if it, I, I don't know why. I can't really, you know, the, the music was very grating to me at some points, but it added to the film, but yet it kind of made it stressful to watch. Well, I, I'll actually. tell you what my problem with The Dark Knight was. And it was. It was a great movie. Don't get me wrong. Still one of the better movies released that year. And I loved Heath Ledger's performance as the Joker. I thought he was really, it was really well done. Problem is I thought that movie tried to do too much. Ah. It just had so many things going on. At least with Batman Begins, it felt like it was a much more focused film. Tighter film. Tighter film. And I just, I really liked that one better. So, yeah, well, please continue that. So going into Dark Knight Rises, I was kind of worried that, even though I liked, you know, the film, I was worried that this film, with this film, I was going to similarly be let down. Well, that that didn't happen. From the opening of the film, where you kind of get introduced to what is going to be the villain, the problem that's going to... Bane. Bane. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. we can say his name, and he's pretty well out there. Um, you get introduced to him, and the way that was done, the way it was shot, and it just flawless in my book. Couldn't have been a better, okay. couldn't have been a better introduction. Uh, just running down kind of a, a grocery list of things that I liked. 
I also appreciated the way the Catwoman character, who is never referred to by the name Catwoman in the movie, Which that's is just a good who thing, I that's think. just yes. who we know she is. Yes. Uh, Anne Hathaway, Selena Kyle, yeah. yes. So she plays this character. The way she was brought into the movie to me was absolute genius. I mean, absolute genius. So much so that the first time I saw her, I was kind of like, wait a second, why is that? And then I was like, oh, got you. And I don't yeah. want to spoil I'm trying to sure. remain vague because I, it was I know what you're saying. a big pleasure to me. costume to some degree. Yes. And playing a part. Yes. To, yes. Yeah, and it, just the way that she was brought in, I thought was mind-blowingly genius. Instead of trying to like... A more typical introduction would have had her being the villain Catwoman out in the world and then have her have this, I don't know, just more of a staged, more of a typical way to bring somebody into the universe to introduce the audience to, okay, this is who this person is. I just, I really thought that was really clever writing. Right. And um, Anne Hathaway's performance actually as Catwoman was, to me, kind of surprisingly nuanced, which Mm -hmm. I did not expect. Not that she's a bad actress, but I've never really thought much about her one way or the other. But in this role, she has to be both, you know, sexy and feminine, but then she has to also be very commanding physically and be able to do certain things. Um, and she also has to kind of be very strong, but yet in some ways be vulnerable. And I thought she was able to carry all of that off. Um, there's one, one scene where she is basically her life is at stake and she sets some things up to where, then all of a sudden she's being rescued, quote unquote, by the police. So she's when she's being when her life's on the line, she's yeah. very tough. And then all of a sudden when the police come, she screams like a little girl. And, yes. and the way that she does, and then all of a sudden stops and then once she they're out of the back ring. As yeah, it's the just right of, that, out of, that out was of flawless. I just yeah. and I, you know some of that's probably writing, but just her physicality in doing that, I thought was was awesome. Um, another kind of script thing that I really admired, which also admired his performance was, uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt, who plays a cop, um, John Blake, John Blake. Mm-hmm. the way that he was introduced and we kind of follow him along was kind of a way for people to be brought into the movie who maybe had forgotten certain things that have happened True. in other Batman movies. I just, and, um, I, I really enjoyed his character and kind of his arc through the, yes. through the movie. So that was, that was good. Um, couple more things real quick that I liked. Uh, Tom Hardy, his um, physical presence on screen as Bane. The character in the comic books is this hulking mass guy who's very Mm -hmm. threatening. And he's able to stand up in every way to Batman and actually be his superior. And I thought Tom Hardy... Was able to pull he definitely that off. had the physical appearance. That was for sure. There was one scene in particular down in the sewers. Yes, when you see him bending over, crouching over as somebody's approaching him, and just his rippling shoulder muscles yes. are just scary. And what <laughs> was interesting? Scary. Side note: What was interesting to me was um, when I heard that he was going to play this role, I was like, "Oh, well, that totally makes sense to me because I'd seen him in a movie called Bronson, yes, where he was this kind of lunatic guy." Actually, has more of a sense of humor than Bane does, but he's a lunatic and he's very muscular and very strong. And come to find out, Tom Hardy actually assumed the same thing when he got the role as Bane. He thought, oh, well, Christopher Nolan's probably seen me in (laughs) Bronson. Mm -hmm. As it turns out, Christopher Nolan hadn't seen Bronson, had not even heard of it. He saw him in a movie that he did after that, and that's what he recruited Tom Hardy on. So to me, it was interesting that like Tom Hardy kind of assumed the same thing I did. Oh, I got this role because of Bronson. Well, no. But that was kind of interesting. Other thing, uh, and kind of a, I guess, a summary point for me on why I like this movie, because obviously I'm a huge fan, would be that it's not beholden to the source material. It uses source material of the comic books, of other movies that come before it, but it's not afraid to change things. Sure. And not afraid to kind of put all the stuff in a blender, hit blend, and then dump it out and say, okay, now we're going to have this movie. Well, and I could almost argue that that's the way Christopher Nolan's whole series has been. There's been some elements that are very traditional Batman from the comics, but after he got past that initial first hour or two of Batman Begins, it's pretty much everything else has been thrown out the window and let's just try something new even with the joker which was handled in a very different way than than the comics did true and there have been several different origin stories of the joker and several different mm-hmm. ideas of him and he's kind of took the best elements of all of those and that's why to me this stands head and shoulders above something like the amazing spider-man or avengers because to me granted i'm not as familiar with the source material for those but say for instance the one we talked about, The Amazing Spider-Man on the last podcast, the full length one we did, 
that to me was so entrenched in going through the same motions that the first Spider-Man had done. It just wasn't as interesting. Mm-hmm. But to somebody who has read comic books and read the Batman background and then to be thrown curveballs, but it was like he has so much respect for the material that he's not going to do something. He, he, he veers from it, but veers from it in a very interesting way. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of a without... There again, I'm kind of dancing around some things that I don't want to spoil for people who haven't seen the movie yet, although probably most of you have. Um, Bane and his character ha- intersecting with Ross Al Ghul from the first movie. Yes. To my knowledge, I've read, I've read a lot. I've read the the Nightfall stuff, which Bane's based on. I've read those three like or the you know three graphic novels put together, but several different comic books. Anyways, read the stuff that that's based on, mm-hmm. and I don't remember Ross Al Ghul having anything to do with that at all and i think you're right although i have to brush back up that that right there is awesome that Mm -hmm. they to make christopher nolan i'm assuming maybe he wrote these three scripts more or less at the same time as like here's the character story we're going to do here's the arc and to be able to tie that back to the first movie right and some other things that happened with ross al ghul in this movie which i'm not going to go into because i don't want to spoil anything um that to me was mind blowing, amazing, and it's the whole thing where, oh yeah, I think I know where this movie's going. I know who Bane is. I know, mm-hmm. and then I'm throwing a little bit of a curve. I'm like, oh okay, well that's that's kind of interesting. And then at the end of the movie, I get thrown another one. I'm like, wow, okay, you know, fool me once, shame on you. Know, it's like, right. and yeah. I was just really, really surprised. Um, okay, and just the only other thing is, I'll say that you know, I mentioned there's a surprise, and there was a there's some surprises with you think you know who people are. And then they turn out to be something different. And that's very refreshing, very surprising when you go into a movie thinking you know everything, especially when this is the third in the franchise. So you're kind of like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, this is going to be mm-hmm. the end of it. And it's going to kind of cap everything off. And I kind of know where this is going because they even tell you in the preview, the legend ends. You're like, OK, right. I know where this is going. So it's, so it's good. Um, I have some maybe negatives. But before I go into those, I just wanted to hear hear what you have to say. Mr. Right. Um, so. As I said, huge fan of the first one. Right. Pretty big fan of the second one. I really like this movie. But. <laughs> but I don't like it as much as Batman Begins. And it's probably on par with The Dark Knight for me. Oh, wow. Only because I had the same problem with almost just too much going on. Even to the point where I felt like some shots and scenes were so quick. Like, not even really fleshed out. But just because there's so much they've got to get done. Mm-hmm. Even with a two-hour, 45-minute running time. Yeah, it, it still was felt long. very rushed. It, long, it still it felt good. very rushed for me. Scenes were still very quick. People's dialogue was cut off right at the end of the dialogue to move on to the next scene. And was like, I've got to hurry you through this because I've got so much I want to cram into one movie. Yeah. That was my misgiving with this. The same thing I felt with The Dark Knight. I felt the same thing here. Just too much density in the, in the plot. And it just felt rushed. Hmm. Now, that being said, the parts that they were able to explore and get into were done really, really well. Is Bane a good a villain as the Joker? No. Uh, not in my opinion, but he was still a very good villain. Uh, better than most superhero action movies have for a villain. Um, I was a little disappointed with the sheer lack of Batman and even Bruce Wayne time in the film. Oh, man. I think this film actually oh, had man. less, the least amount of Bruce Wayne than any of the three. Which, Probably. that's okay. Luckily, luckily, the reason I don't count it as a huge negative is that the supporting cast that you've already identified were all very, very good. But there was a part of me at some point halfway through the film was like, wow, this is like the most un-Batman-like Batman movie in that not only is he not on stage, it almost reminds me of the Burton films in a way where people were more enamored with the villains than they were the main character. And he was almost a supporting character in his own film. I kind of felt that way with this one. Hmm. I did like Interesting. Uh, the Selena Kyle character. Um, I really liked George, Jason, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character. I like Gary Oldman as usual. I mean, really, everybody that was in a supporting role, I really enjoyed. I thought were really good. Hmm. My issues were just that I thought the middle part of the film really started to lag a little bit. I thought it just took a long time getting set back up to the whole. I didn't know. I didn't feel like we needed to have the whole Bruce Wayne's been retired for eight years. And now we're trying to wait for him to put back on the bat suit. And then he gets put back out of commission again. For a long period of time oh, and has to crawl back out oh, of this, this self, this exile. It's almost like he goes through the same pattern twice in the film is a little frustrating. Oh, now, man. 
man. That all being said. Couldn't disagree with you more. <laughs> okay, well, that, be, that all being said, this is still one of the better films of the year. So I don't want anybody to think that I don't like this film. I do. It's just, unfortunately, you know, it came off of two really, really good films. And like I said, it's about on par for me with The Dark Knight. I could swap between those two pretty evenly. Still doesn't put touch Batman Begins for me, but that's where I can understand that. that. I think Nolan is an incredible director. I, the fact that it's two hours, 45 minutes and so much going on and it kept my attention every single second of the way is a credit to a great director and a great writer. There was a lot of good stuff happening here. I just felt like it was a little too much at times and there were some subplots I thought could have easily been trimmed off of there and make it a little more of a tight movie, a little more easier to digest at times. Um, just thought it was a little much. I guess that's well, the best way I can say it, a little I, much. I'll, I'll agree with you that um, it... it it was a lot crammed in mm-hmm. and you know for me to sit through a two hour and 45 minute movie and not say oh it needed some editing or something is quite a feat sure because I, I know you're not a big fan of the no, long movies i'm not a big yes. fan of long movies because i feel like most things can be told in 90 minutes yes um this movie yeah i was never bored a second i thought it was awesome but i can i can agree with you that there is a lot crammed in there mm-hmm. and that maybe this could have you know, either you divide it up into two movies or you try to do less. I wouldn't have wanted to have to tell less story because I thought it was so awesome. So maybe make it into two movies or, I don't know, somehow mm, try to spread been. out the yeah. story to maybe and make four movies kind of instead the, of that three. That kind of seems to be the new the new thing with these franchise uh, trilogies or long, you know, like the Harry Potter series. Yeah, or split like, it uh, into two. The Twilight, Twilight stuff is let's split the, the Hobbit. last one into two parts. The Hobbit's being split I wouldn't have minded that. I think it would have given us a little more breathing room. It would have given us a little more time to really enjoy the characters hmm. than to just kind of have them go rapid fire like I felt like the whole movie was. And I, I, I can I can see that. What I definitely disagree with, and this may come because I've, I have read the background. Have you read the Bane background or no? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty okay. familiar and I, I enjoyed how true they were to that subject without, and they did change some things because he's related to Razagul, but they have two battles, okay? Yep. And one of the things that they were like really true on was what happens in that first battle with yes. Bane and Batman. The one shot, yes. The, the, the one shot the, was very, very The authentic. shooting of that scene and like things he says to him and like it's, it's dead on. I mean, it is dead, dead on. Now- a negative that I have with the film is they, of course, they have this one meeting. Well, they have another meeting. The second meeting they have, it just seemed kind of rushed. Um, it, it wasn't did, as well done as the one down in the sewers. No, so. and it was just kind of like, I don't really understand the difference between what happened the first time and what happened the second time and why he is a victor. Oh, well, oops. <laughs> yeah, well... Well, he's a moral victor, if nothing else, right. at some point. So, well, but like, yeah. and I think I thought the second fight was a little bit of a letdown. Yes, I grew compared to the first one. First one, and it didn't quite make sense. Yeah, like you said, how it turned out the way it turned out. Right. I. Um, but here, here's my. Uh, I'm probably going to get some hate mail on this one. <laughs> in a way, though, this whole Batman series with the three films, in a way, this is a a, a franchise series that you could almost swap out the characters with a completely non-superhero non-comic book situation and just about make them all fit even with bane okay yes visually yeah he looks kind of like he does in the comic books yes there was the one shot i know what you're talking about the end of the first fight that yes that is lifted straight from the comic series otherwise he's just a big strong guy well the things that happen in the fight yeah. specifically are mimicked out of the com- I mean a, a little bit yes I mean the one the one final move yes was absolutely right from I mean, the comic but he's basically a big strong guy Batman doesn't really use a whole lot of gadgets this film other than the big flying bat thing mm-hmm. doesn't use a whole lot of detective work other than one scene early on in the film he's basically a crime fighter could be a really really heavy duty police officer could be a super spy could be any of these things Christopher Nolan has taken a series where he's kind of just taken these elements and said, all right, I've got this idea for a crime drama, uh, intense thriller movie. And I can just so happen to pigeonhole a Batman story into it is the way I've always felt with his three movies, Hmm. because there is very, very little connection to the comics. I'm okay with that. I'm not offended by it. I'm not bothered by it, but it just makes me wonder sometimes if it's more of the story is more interesting than the actual loyalty of the characters and really making these characters be part of that true Batman universe. The Selena Kyle Catwoman. All right. She's a burglar. 
She could be any burglar. There was nothing about her other than her appearance and the fact that her little glasses flip up and just happen to make little cat, cat Which ears. Which was awesome. Yeah, I appreciate that touch as well. It was little touches. And it's almost like he's winking at the audience with those things. But in other words, this story is still just the story he wants to tell. He's just found a way to, to pigeonhole Batman characters into it. Is the way I felt with it. Well, I, I can see that, and that's what I like about it. Okay. I'm, gl- I'm glad that he's that way, and I only wish he could, you know, kind of like I said that uh, when, uh, what was his name? Not Fincher, but um, Aronofsky was yeah. going to do the the Wolverine, Wolverine movie. movie yeah. I was like, awesome. I wish that would have happened. Like, I wish he, Nolan, would do like superhero movies. You're because okay with he's it like, being a completely different interpretation of the character. And yeah, because it gives you that. something to think about and chill on. It's not just, to me, the standard thing, which is like, you know, the Iron Man movies. I know what I'm getting into. You know, it's like all these movies, all these superhero movies to me are nothing special. And they're like, oh, yeah, it was fun. But there's nothing, yeah. there's nothing more there for me. And that's what makes it interesting to me is that he takes the idea of this. And, you know, if you're going to do it, I guess Batman's the one to do it because he is more of the everyman superhero where he doesn't have a lot of superpowers. And he doesn't. And actually, the whole thread of like the Occupy Wall Street and the 1% and that whole money thing in this movie was really interesting, especially considering what side of that equation Batman falls down on, or specifically Bruce Bruce Wayne. Wayne. Um, No, I, I, and believe me, I'm, I'm throwing a few daggers at the film, but in no means am I not liking the film. I enjoy it. I'm actually tempted to go see it a second time. Oh, yeah. It's just one of those things where I. I just I wish it could have taken its time a little more. I sure. wish it could have fleshed these characters out even more because I love spending all the time with the characters and getting to know them. But I felt like they were just quick glimpses. Hmm. Every scene just seemed to be almost a you're joining it almost already. The scene's already in progress and you leave before the scene really closes out. Hmm. That's the way I felt about all of both the last two films. I felt hmm. like we're just a lot to cram in. And I almost get the sense that if Christopher Nolan could have made a four hour film of this, he would have. But the studio probably said, yeah. no, you at least got to get it down to two and a half to two forty five <laughs> somewhere in there. Sure. He said, fine. All we'll do is just trim all the scenes down to like the bare, bare essentials. That's what I felt like. I would have liked to have had more breathing space around all the scenes. How, how irritated with you? Cause this is a negative for me. And I knew it going in. I'd heard news reports about it. How irritated were you with being able to understand Bane when he was talking? Not at all. Wow. I was profoundly irritated. Nope. But I'll tell you what the problem was. With it wasn't with Bane. I thought voices in general in this film were hard to hear. Were muddled. And, and I don't think it was just Bane. I, I was actually surprised Bane was as clear as he was, given mm. what I'd heard rumors heard, going into right, this. Right. Unfortunately, I just thought a lot of the voices were really hard to hear. I don't know if it was the music. I don't know if it was the sound mix. But I found myself straining many, many Maybe times it was the to sound hear the mix. voice. Maybe yeah. it was. Because I could tell he was talking, but it was just like he was either very clear like he would say some lines and I would hear everything he said, or it was like, I wouldn't hear yeah. two or three sentences. And I was like, really? Yeah. Granted, I guess strength of the movie, it didn't really matter, but it kind of ticked me off because I thought he was probably saying some really cool things. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so, well, I, I thought it was a mix, a problem with the whole sound mix. I don't know if it was the theater we were in. Cause I think we both saw it in more or less the same multiplex. I think so. Or, yeah. um, or it might have been actually with the mix of the film itself. But I did think that was a little a little troubling. I, I'd like to hear, what are some other misgivings or, or issues you had with the film? Um, I thought, and this is probably maybe touching on your point, that there was too much crammed in there. And I, to me, that happened in two instances. Uh, Catwoman, well, she's not Catwoman, but, you know, the character, Selena yes. Kyle, uh, has a friend. Yeah. Th- that was friend was irritating to me because... Well, it there was, was no point for her to be there. There was no point, and... It kept, it was seemingly like she wasn't just in there once, which would have been fine, but they kept having her. And I was kind of like, okay, is she going to go somewhere? But she went nowhere. And I think she could have just been cut out. Well, I um, think that, and that's unfortunately what I think the problem is, is I think there again, Nolan probably had a four hour cut of this film in his idea. And I'd love to see it. And, you know, <laughs> I can guarantee you that this, uh, this friend of Selena Kyle probably had some impact on the story or and something to do with it. And we just don't we know. We don't know it. Yeah. Okay, and another character who I thought he had an awesome screen presence, and I don't even know the character's name, but um, Taggart is or is a guy that's on the board of the Wayne Foundation, yes. okay? okay well, he has yeah. a henchman below him, yes, and he looks kind of like a snake. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then basically 
he turns on Taggart and he thinks he's loyal to Bane and kind of stuff. But anyways, they gave him some screen time and made him there again, kind of like this presence is like, oh, okay, he's going to have some yeah. cool arc. And he know, doesn't. And I, well, thought that, I thought, now granted, if they would have had that cool arc, it probably would have crammed too much in, but yeah. just don't have him to begin with. Exactly. My, I guess that's, that's kind of where I'm getting with this. Even that character and the boss person he was working for, the person on the board, yeah. like had like a 20-minute spell where they seem to be like in every other scene, and right. then they're gone. And then they're gone. And to me, that's like, oh, okay, well, could we have either gotten rid of that 20 minutes that we didn't really need that subplot and we could have tidied it up quicker? Or should this have been a much, a much bigger. longer film and give okay. them more of a story arc to work with? Sure. Yeah, you're kind of hitting on the same idea I am. It's almost like these characters are thrown out there and they have one purpose and one purpose only to get you to a certain point in the movie. They're intentional, but yet they're so slight in the film that you're like, really? Was that whole character introduced just to do this one thing? I don't Seem- think so. Yeah, it seems like with yeah. a little bit... A little bit more writing or something. They could have just deleted those characters yeah. out and somehow formulate. It would have made it smoother, right. a smoother ride. Right. And probably not as distracting because you have these people yes. there. That Yeah, I found myself about halfway through the film trying to make sure I, I was keeping track of all the characters that were who? being introduced and what their roles were. Yeah. And this this is, uh, I guess, one of my, my last, well, two negatives, but this is my next to last negative. Um, I'm not sure that. I really think Christian Bale did that great a job. I felt like he was sleepwalking a little bit more through this movie than the other two. And I, I, yeah. And okay. You made an earlier comment, which I disagree with how actually there's not a lot of Batman in a Batman, this Batman movie, which I kind of agree with, but that wasn't a negative for me. But I guess the, the scene that really solidified, okay, Bruce Wayne, you know, he's kind of, when he's behind the scenes, when he's acting Bruce Wayne in public, he is very, he does emote and he is very, you know, he does all this stuff. But when he's kind of behind the scenes, he does kind of just seemingly have no emotion. Yeah. So maybe that's what Christian Bale was going for. But there's specifically a scene where he and Alfred have a confrontation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, what's his face? Just dropped his name. The guy who plays Alfred, Michael, Michael Caine. He, I thought, was like giving it all he could. And he, right. you know. And then Christian Bale is just kind of like, do, 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 just kind of sitting there. Well, yeah. And it, I mean, there was some lighting on him and like his like makeup and hair that actually did more acting than he seemed to do. He was mm-hmm. just kind of like hanging out. And I was like, really? I got the You're impression gonna... he was kind of ready for this whole series to be done. Ah. That's the impression I got from his acting. Okay. And I guess that's probably why my, my argument with the whole less of a Batman thing in this film is that, no, I'm not necessarily arguing that he should have had more screen time necessarily. But I guess the screen time he did have, I want it to be more impactful, and it gotcha. wasn't. Yeah, um, I would. Yeah, you know Bruce Wayne. I liked in the other films the cocky Bruce Wayne that we saw out in the public. We saw very, very little of that in this film. Mm-hmm. Granted, he was in exile or self-imposed or otherwise half the film, but you know I didn't see that. And then even even when he's Batman, I mean he's he's facing some pretty emotional stuff towards the end, and he, he just didn't really see much. I, uh, yeah. So that was my issue with that. I'd agree. I guess it's not really as much of a screen time issue as it is when you give them the screen time and you want it to be powerful, make it powerful. Sure. So, yeah. Last but not least, and then with there again, without spoiling anything, how did you feel about the ending? Well, here's my suggestion. Okay. I say we wrap up our discussion here in just a minute okay. and kind of put a little button on this and a little bow on this, this review. Okay. And then we can let everybody trail off and close off the podcast if they like. But I'd just like to spend a few minutes talking about the end. Okay. And I don't think we can do it without really getting a little spoiler side of it. Is my, my thinking. Okay. Me, personally, I like the ending. But that's what we can talk about during the spoiler. Okay. I liked it. I'll say that originally, walking out of the theater, it bothered me because I thought it was a little commercial. However, upon reflecting, I need to see the movie again. But on thinking about it more, I've changed my mind and I actually like the okay, ending. Okay, good. We can Sorry. talk some more specifics because I do have some questions for you about the end and we can talk about uh, here in a moment. Um Two more quick little issues I had with the film that maybe you can help shed some light on for me. One, when Bruce Wayne got exiled in the middle of the film. Yes. Off to somewhere, nondescript, hard to figure out where he was. Yeah, but where? Um, I don't know. Okay. And he made it back to Gotham. I mean, maybe in the Middle East. Maybe in the Middle East. Yeah. Once he... I mean, he basically able to make strolled it back. back in. It yes, that which is I didn't kind think of, that was possible with the prison state that Gotham was set up with by Bane. Does seem to be when he just surprising. kind of strolled out in the, a scene to the, talk to Selena Kyle. It's like, oh look, here he is. Okay, trying to remain vague. Which, by the I, way, he's broke at this point. Right, right, right. Okay. okay, I will agree that he's broke. He escapes from this place, which we know is probably very far from Gotham. Yeah, it looked okay. like the Middle East somewhere. Uh, yes, yeah. 
I will agree that it did seem kind of amazing that with no money because of what's happened back in Gotham, he is somehow able to, okay, now the one get out of jail free, it doesn't help that it was so easy for him to get back, but how he was able to get back into Gotham, considering everything that has been going on, I think that persons in Gotham, I will keep them vague, yes. they were banking on him coming back. Hmm. And I think that they wanted him. Granted, there was a TV set up so that in this prison yeah. he could see things. Sure. But I, I think that. they were banking on well, him coming back. Well, then I would back. have liked to have known a little bit more about that. Because it, it was very I, jarring to me when he just walked out of the shadows. I, I got and I'm like, okay, so he's back. He's How back? did he get well, back? Cool. I didn't think anybody was allowed in or out of the city. What's right. going on? So I can see little... that. Now, granted, that's me making an excuse for the movie. and for, Because I actually I really like it. But I, I could say that maybe that was the thing that like they knew the whole time that he would be coming back. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. My only other misgiving with the sure. film, and, and it has to do more with the, the whole rushing thing, is that mm-hmm. Gotham goes from a standard, fairly peaceful city to Armageddon, police-run state, very quickly, to the point where we, you know, it just seemed like the whole tribunal was being set up. And well, all keep this in mind, he opens read. up a huge prison. Yeah, but and still, all those the whole people process just, I thought was really rushed. I, I would have rather seen that develop more hmm. instead of it almost like flip a switch. And all of a sudden I, I lost track of, t- I didn't even know the whole essence of time, how much time had passed. Yeah. Had it been a week or two, had it been months? I mean, right. I don't really know that to me. That was another reason why I kind of just wish it would take its time. I would have loved to have seen the devil de- devolution of Gotham city into this prison state instead of it just being like a series of montage images and all of a sudden oh look yeah and everybody's indoors and police are down in these sewers trapped for who knows how long and gotcha. there's like these hot giant crazy tribunals going on judging people and it just seemed to happen really fast and it's like just show me how this happened because hmm. i have a hard time believing that this happened so easily and quickly but hmm. there again it's all more of a pacing and timing thing for me got you if if if, if i heard tomorrow that christopher nolan was going to put out a four and a half hour version of this film I'd be ecstatic because this would probably solve 90% of my issues with it. Yeah. And I would go out and, and rent it in a heartbeat as soon as it came out. Hopefully there is a director's cut. I hope maybe. so. Yeah. Um, overall, I really enjoyed the film. It was either second or third of my favorite trilogy films of the trilogy. But saying that still holds it very high regard because that I do regard this trilogy very, very highly. Um, I still, from a sentimental standpoint, still mm. probably enjoyed Amazing Spider-Man a little bit better wow. because I just had more of a connection with the character. I no. like the main character a little bit more. But that being said, this is a better made film. Hmm. Let's, I'll, I'll leave it at that. I have, a, I have a question for you. Yeah. These three Batman movies, if you were to compare it with the Tim Burton Batman movies, because we're not going to talk about Joel Schumacher's Those never existed. Mess, no. no. So the first two, mm-hmm. Batman and then Batman Returns, and then these three What's your favorite? I see the thing is I I, I view those two series so completely different. Well, they, and they, they are. really and are. they really are. Where the Nolan one is truly more of a crime, gritty. It didn't have to be a Batman movie if it, he didn't want it to. He could have made these three films with a different character, and they still be very effective films. The Tim Burton ones were very deeply rooted as Batman films. Now that being said. Um, I enjoy the Nolan films better. Mm. I, I enjoy them all better as, as better pieces of art. I've seen the, the Burton Batman film again recently. Doesn't hold up as well. The first one or second first one? one. Mm-hmm. And the second one was still my favorite of the mm. two. I liked Batman Returns a whole lot better than the first Batman. Um, I have not seen that one again in a while. But I appreciate the more realistic view that Nolan put in than I do the cartoonish view that Burton did, which it is really kind of funny when you think back. I don't know if you remember when the Burton films came out, they were considered to be so dark and yeah, so all that. Yeah. And now you watch them again. They're like, it kind of comical in a way. It's almost <laughs> like a little cartoonish. Right. Nolan's got the dark down pat. So uh, it's hard to compare them, but I would say if I had to choose one of those two series to watch again, yeah, I'm watching the Nolan series right away. You, I, I would, I would say the same, which kind of surprised because I was a huge fan yeah. of, um, those first two Tim Burton Batman movies. And when they did Batman Begins, I was kind of like, I don't really see me liking this that much. And I was completely wrong. Yeah. So if I, you know, if aliens came down and they were obliterating everything that had ever been made of Batman except for one thing, what am yeah. I going to get? I would probably give them Batman Begins and say, okay, let this, 
that's the stand. Yeah. This is what Batman is. That's does. still my favorite Batman film of all time right now. Yeah. So very cool. Well, I tell you what, let's wrap this up okay. and let everybody who has not seen the film, they can go ahead and shut off their iPods or whatever they're listening to this on. And you stay tuned for uh, the next either Foot Candle Spotlight we put out if we do review another film. Or we'll have our, our full show coming up in a few weeks. Uh, in probably mid-August or so uh, with a full show with recommendations and news and all that good stuff. So we're going to go and wrap it up. But if you are curious, want to hear us talk just a few more minutes about this movie and get into some very spoiler territory, feel free to keep it playing. Otherwise, we encourage you to go and stop, turn it off now. Trust us. This is not a film you really want to be spoiled on. I think you need, as Chris mentioned, going in with no idea and being surprised is a good way to to enjoy this film. So, for Foot Candle Spotlight, I'm Alan. I'm Chris. And we'll talk to you next time. Thanks. Or right after the credits. Or after the credits. Special thanks to Carpal Tuller for the show theme music. For more about Carpal Tuller, visit www.carpaltuller.com. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard. So, Chris, can we talk about this? We're in spoiler territory now. If you have not seen the film, please turn this off. We are going to talk about some (laughs) things with the film for just a few minutes here. Um, So the ending. You you brought up the ending, and I mentioned my thoughts on it as well. Um, I personally really like the ending. You... I uh, had misgivings about it at first, but now you've kind of come around to enjoy it. Um, so what do you think? I mean, well, okay. I, the re yeah, the reason I had misgivings at first was because I went into this movie knowing this is the last Batman movie. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think it would have been awesome if Batman would have died. Sorry, engineer, producer Joe, who's sitting over there recording this. You may not have seen the movie, but oh well. well I didn't um, ask Jay. I don't know if engineer Jay seen the movie or not. Sorry, so. Jay. Um, All right. <laughs> Sorry, so we're probably th- ruining it for I think it, yeah, this is ruining it. I, I think it would have been awesome if Batman would have actually died. That would have been mind-blowing. Um, but, okay, yeah. so he didn't die. So that was my first, like, oh, man, I thought that would mean my mind was just, Well, they like, definitely had it played My mind was reeling. Yeah, my, my father, actually, the day when we were going to see the movie, my dad was actually like, oh, I heard Batman got killed. And I was like... Um, thanks dad. He's like, Oh, I didn't mean to spoil anything. I'm like, well, you haven't seen the movie. And I know a lot of stuff in the comic books where like Batman gets his spine broken. You think he's like going to go away. And I was like, huh? So I was like, that's probably what he's referencing. He just said no. But then when that final like moment, he went out over the the bay or whatever, I was like, Oh my gosh. You know, well, they had the longing, the long lingering shot of his face as he's flying off and right. all that. So yeah, so was, I, they, I I, that, they, they could have pulled that, that, oh, that trick very easily. So I thought that was would have been kind of amazing. Okay, but then when they start making references to the fact he's not, I was like, well, okay. But the thing was, they they did one too many things. They had a lingering kiss with Selena Kyle, like a but which was before you knew he wasn't going to. But they they like did that, and that made it kind of overly sentimental. He had the moment with Commissioner Gordon where he tells him who he is. It was like they made it almost too cliche. And then when you find out Batman's alive, you then see. Spoiler alert again, but we're in the credits. You then see Robin or, you know, Gordon Levitt, like, entering the Batcave. And it's like, oh, they're setting... It was like they were setting up a sequel that was not supposed to be because they'd said they'd only done... They were only going to do three. And it was so, like... It was so irritating because you're like, ugh, you're you're just really leading it into a sequel that it bothered me. Now, now, I will say... I loved all that. And the the setup of the whole scene with Michael Caine, the moment you see him sitting there, you're like, okay, yeah, he's going to see them. And... Mm. Okay, but what totally? Did he see him? We'll get to that in a second. Oh, I I think it did. Now, yeah. what would be what would be awesome to me is now. Granted, Christopher Nolan said he's not going to do any. But what would be a funny way for him to get around it, which is why I've fooled myself into kind of liking the ending, is that 
yeah, there isn't going to be another Batman movie, but there is going to be a Nightwing movie. And Batman and Catwoman are like together, they're hooked up and they're happy. He wanted to retire anyway. He's got the crap beat out of him. He's like, whatever. And then like he's bringing Robin along who will never be Robin he will be Nightwing from from the get go. That's kind of that my impression would be too. Awesome. Well, yeah. I personally sure. was actually impressed that they pulled off such a happy ending, and in a way, I was happy they did. I mean, I, I felt like too many times we got to feel like we've got to end on some, you know, cliche downer note, and especially with being Nolan's film, you just kind of expect it's going to go to hell in a handbasket at the end. <laughs> right. A, I was surprised nobody, no major characters died, none. Which, if you had told me that. At, at during the dark night and said, oh, by the way, there's going to be a third film. Christopher Nolan's going to end the whole trilogy. I would have thought, oh, yeah, half the people are going to die. Yeah, because Dark Knight, Rachel dies. Oh, yeah. His wife-to-be, or, you know, his... Harvey Dent died, obviously. Harvey Dent died, yeah. But, I mean, this movie, nobody died. I had not thought about that. I mean, Commissioner Gordon, you thought was going to die at one point. He didn't die. Right. Um, I thought Alfred was going to die at some point. He didn't die. Right. I thought Batman was going to die. He didn't He die. didn't die. Nobody died. Everybody <laughs> lived. Everybody was fairly happy at the end. Yeah. Um, because, you know, even Commissioner Gordon, who thinks Batman's dead, he's pretty peaceful with the whole situation. He knows that Batman did what he needed to do to help save the city, and he's okay with that. Right. Um, uh, Rob, uh, John Blake, or whatever his name is, you know, he's now kind of found a new purpose in life. So mm-hmm. he's kind of at a good spot in life. And he throws his badge away, seemingly to right. indicate, he's basically I'm done saying, with being I'm a done police with officer. This. He even tells him, tells uh, Commissioner Gordon, it's like, I'm kind of done with structure and I'm done with the control here. I, I got to do my own thing. And he gets, correct me, I, you know, you know, he gets a duffel bag from the Wayne company that yes. has in it like a GPS and has these coordinates. Yes. And that leads him to the, the waterfall the entrance yep. to the Batcave. Yep. Okay. Yep. All okay. that was very well planned out. I yeah. Thought. Okay. Now, there is a little controversy online if you were to go and look about the very last shot, well, next to last shot, with Alfred seeing Bruce Wayne and Selena Kyle in France or wherever it is. And they mentioned that the pearls are gone. When yeah. they're going over the inventory, they're like, well, there's the one thing that's gone. unaccounted for. It's the pearls, but which would have been so. so, so, it just so the, the controversy is, is did Alfred really see Bruce Wayne or is that more of a construct in his dream, his idea, his head? Because it's left fairly open. Yes, Batman flew his ship. Out into the yeah, middle of the ocean. We technically do not see him except for that. Yeah, he flew out in the middle of the ocean. A, if he did jump out, eject, or whatever, I mean, he's out in the middle of the freaking ocean. Okay, so that's right. kind of a problem, right? They there. also state that the autopilot was fixed, though. Autopilot was fixed, but I almost wonder if that was a red herring to say, hey, there may be a chance or whatever. My when I first heard that the autopilot was fixed on the plane, my first thought was, okay, so basically Batman didn't have to die. He just he did it because he die. wanted to. That's an interesting take on it. So I'm almost wondering if Alfred didn't see what he wanted to see because he needed that to be at peace. Because if you think about mm. it, how coincidental is it? The exact image that Alfred had in his head when he was telling the story early in the movie about, I, I keep dreaming that one day I'm going to see you. The shot we see at the end is identical to that shot. Yeah. Same looking cafe, same everything. Yeah. And the fact that Selena Kyle doesn't turn around to say, oh, hey, how you doing? I'm here too. <laughs> it's like, it's almost like it was a little dreamlike mm. in a way. So I think that's left to be a little interpretive, just like uh, Nolan did with Inception with the whole spinning top oh, at the yeah. end. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, it could go either way. Interesting. It doesn't change any of the other outcomes of the characters. It's just, it's all about Alfred's piece. Right. And I think whether he actually did see Bruce Wayne or just thought he saw Bruce Wayne, that's why he needed to be at peace. <laughs> so I like the fact that it was a little nebulous. Yeah. Plus, if that bomb had gone out in the middle of the ocean, and even if Batman had ejected, he's totally radiated by this point. You would think so. So that's kind of the things I'm wrestling with with it. Right. Regardless, I actually loved the fact that it was a little nebulous. Mm-hmm. I did like the whole setup shot with uh, the whole Robin thing, which yeah. I thought was cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, when I first saw it, I'm like, oh my gosh, they're going to make more movies. Yeah, I'm they're like, well, setting it up for a sequel. Maybe, but maybe, you know what? Maybe not. Christopher Nolan, this is the way he wanted to end it. It's like he wanted there to be a new Dark Knight Rising, and there is. I'm, I'm cool with that. If that was the last we ever see of that, I'm still happy with that ending. But I do like the fact that a new director could come in and take this brand new character, maybe have a few little threads that connected back to this trilogy, but it, it's a basically its own beast now, right. starting up, and can put his own stamp on it, and it's totally cool. It works. Yeah. You know? So I'm happy with that, too. Um, I thought, yeah, I thought the ending actually, to me, improved the overall quality of the film for me. Well, and... To go into a little bit more detail, since we're in spoiler territory, yeah, 
the cop becoming Robin, that was more of a predictable one, I guess, but still a surprise to me. Um, Bane having something to do with Ross al Ghul was like mind blowing because I'm like, whoa, where's that coming from? And then the fact they fool you into thinking he was the person who climbed out, and they're actually it I never was the, it. the daughter and everything. I thought, totally that, saw oh, it. well, see, I, I'm glad I, I totally did. Saw it. I'm totally so you knew you knew yep. that the girl was bad the oh, whole time. Yes. Well, see, I'm glad I didn't know that because I yes. did know that, and oh, it was the, amazing. The to second me. she gives a little speech to him about trust, Bruce Wayne, like they keep mentioning the word trust. Yeah, trust me. I'm, I'm trust. You know, you can trust me on this stuff over, over, huh. over again. About halfway through the film, I'm like, up, oh, she's totally bad. You can ask my son. I, I, I leaned over to wow. Alex. I'm like, I bet she's bad. Now, did you know she was? Did you know why she was bad? I, I thought it was a little too convenient that she, they, they had Marion uh, Cotillard, who has a little bit of a, you know, she's got a European look to her anyway. Yeah. I thought, okay, this is a little too convenient that they're starting to bring in the, the whole, uh, um, uh, Legion of Shadows. They're mentioning it again. They're kind of tying in with Bane. And yet here she is with a kind of a European look to her. And she's mm. this mysterious character that came out. I figured, I knew from the comics that um, uh, yeah, Ra's al Ghul had a, had daughter a daughter that Batman actually hadn't had a relationship with. Mm. So as soon as I saw dark hair, European features, shows up out of nowhere, uh, very interested in this project Bruce Wayne's working on and keeps talking about trust. I'm like, oh yeah, she's bad. Wow. And then there's actually like a little burn mark on her shoulder that Bruce sees uh, when they have a little moment together at one point. And I'm like, okay, she's part of something. And that tipped Did, me off is that, the edge. Okay, yeah, the burn mark. Yeah, actually, okay, so I really like that. I was not on to her the whole time. But um, the one thing that I didn't really buy was that, um, which I didn't want to go in because it's like, why would you not buy that? But he suddenly has this relationship, like he loses all his money and then like shacks up with her. And I was like, whoa, that seemed to kind of happen all the way out of nowhere. And it was just convenient because it needed to happen that he builds the trust in her or whatever. But I was, I was kind of... Well, didn't think that really worked. Bruce is still kind of a playboy. I mean, at the same time, she's an attractive woman true. who seems truly interested in him, not just for his money. At least that's what she came across that's what, as. Yeah, right. But truly, she had ulterior motives for wanting to right. be with him. No, I'm uh, about about a third or halfway through the movie. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm onto something here, hmm. and so that didn't really surprise me wow. uh, towards the end as much as maybe it could have. Um, but did you think she would have that relationship with Bane? I figured there was some sort of connection because I actually, when I, once I started coming, getting onto her a little bit and thinking that there was something up with her, any time that she and Bane were in a scene together, which there were about two or three of them before the end, sure, I watched her expression, ah. and it was pretty expressionless. In other words, she like didn't she seem didn't... horrified. She didn't seem scared. It was just kind of there. I felt like she was putting on a little bit of an act. Okay, that's interesting. See, I didn't pick up on that, but I'm, I'm kind of glad. But Plus, that's I also knew and felt like Nolan was really going to tie, try to tie all three movies together. Mm. And to make that happen, I knew the League of Shadows had to come back into it. It did not surprise me when I saw Ra's al Ghul, whether it, would be a, was it a dream or oh, whatever, I, in the prison at the end. I kind of expected that to happen. See, I, I didn't. and I, see, I, it's, it's, I know all about Bane and little about Ross Al Ghul. The only reason I know about him is because of the first movie and a little bit in a comic book and from what you've said. But the whole like thing that he was supposed to be immortal and like you know Nolan was trying to root everything in realism and then he has that dream happen. You're like, oh, wait a second. He's not going to do realism. But then, no, I think that really was a dream. The guy's not no, immortal. That dream. was just legendary. It was a dream. And then like that's why his daughter wants to avenge him is because he really did kill you know, so yeah. I really admired there again that whole loyalty to, to the comic book, but not really because they're willing to take chances and do things that aren't by the letter. Yeah. You know, you know, and one really, other thing really like that kind of interesting is um, the thing with Ra's al Ghul in the comics is he actually has a pit, mm -hmm. the Lazarus pit, where people can come back to life. Okay, and that's supposedly how he stays immortal as he keeps regenerating himself. Early in the film, when they're describing the prison... They call it the pit. They, they call it the pit. And they say that people go in, and sometimes people come, come back out. out. And I thought, are they really going to go down this path of reincarnation and rebirth? And I thought they were going to, but I'm actually glad they didn't, because that yeah, would have yeah. gone way out of the Nolan yeah. reality universe. Uh, but it was just interesting how they at least made nods to that. The right. fact that this is a pit where people are being put into, mm -hmm. and only some lucky few come back out does have a nice visual nod back to the Ra's al Ghul character and, and what he's all about. So I, I, I figured they were going to really try to tie this all together and that all three films had a purpose that connected with one another. Uh, Batman Begins obviously was the most directly connected with Dark Knight Rises, 
Dark Knight was a little out there. But you know what? Even, I mean, the Two-Face thing, Harvey Dent completely made the setting of Dark Knight Rises, the setup of it. Oh, yeah. Possible. Yeah. And the fact that the Joker was the one that killed Rachel Dolls, put Batman in this exile for a while and really kind of beat him down a little bit. Right. And I think you had to have kind of a non-League of Shadows villain somewhere in this trilogy to just show that Batman is a crime fighter that was helping the city. The Joker was that one. Right. So, you know, everything kind of tied together in the end. Everything had a purpose for it, which was nice. Yeah, and I, I liked um, the cameo by the Scarecrow. Yeah. I will say, though, and I'd have to go back in the comic books, the, the scenes they chose to replicate from the comic books, they were, like, dead on. The fight between Bat, the first fight between Bane and Batman. Well, the breaking of his back. Um, you know, that the, was, the breaking that of the back. Right the football scene happens in the comic yes. book. Like, all these things happen in the comic And there is, like, a judgment scene that mm-hmm. happens as well. And I'll have to go back and look, but I really think which it couldn't have happened. I really think the person that was supposed to be sitting on top of that thing, making the judgments was the Joker hmm. and not the scarecrow, which if you think about it, How the Joker would have been. been that much more. I well, mean, I know why they been. didn't do it, but, but because he's just like, man, he really doesn't give a crap. That would and like, perfect. he would say, it's like, Oh, do you want exile? Or do you want death? N- knowing that both of them are the same thing, like handing You're out right. those kind of judgments. I re- when, when I saw the scarecrow, I was like, yeah, that's cool. He was in the second movie as well. He was. You know, brief appearance. He was in this, but I'm like, I wonder if Heath Ledger had not passed away. I wonder if that would have been his cameo in this movie was yeah. the judge. Which would have been, all things considering, if the world had turned out that way, it would have been freaking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it, it would have been, been really cool. <laughs> okay, so there, yeah, I, I, I guess the surprises at the end were not as surprising to me just because I started to see how things were going, but I really... But you did, still liked it. I still really loved the ending. To me, the ending made up for some of the misgivings I had in the film earlier on. Of course, I felt the same way about the the uh, Lord of the Rings trilogy. A lot of people oh, ragged man. on the ending of the last one. I loved it because it, it was nine hours of movie. We're wrapping up. I'm okay with it having a 15 minute ending sequence hmm. of all these loose ends being tied up. I'm okay with that. If it had been a 90 minute movie series and you give me 15 minutes to wrap up, <laughs> yeah, it's a little much. But after nine hours of this huge epic, take all the time you want to wrap up. Hmm. Kind of felt the same way with this film. Wow. It's like you know what. You add all the three films together. It's probably about a good eight, nine hours almost of that. Yeah. Wrap it up any way you want to. Tidy up all the loose ends. Give it a nice little closure to it. I'm fine with that. (laughs) It it earned it in my book. So I was actually really just happy they went out on a very happy note, all things considering. Right. They really could have gone the opposite direction if they wanted to. Yeah. But I, I admired them for going out as positive as they did. Sure. Cool. So are we good? We spoiled We're it good. sufficiently. I think, I think we've definitely spoiled it right. for if at least our engineer, film, if nobody yeah, else. <laughs> if you haven't seen the film and now you've listened to us, you technically don't need to no, go see it. Done. I think they're making enough money already. So. Save yourself yeah, like go see 10, 12 bucks. Tell us about it. Yeah. All right. Thanks. See you.